Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's been far too long. I know you're probably getting tired of me saying that, and you're probably getting tired of me saying, oh, this and and third, I'm going to drop more content, this, everything else. I will address everything on this episode. This is the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast. This is your truly I am the franchise. It is Friday night, May 3rd. My birthday was yesterday. (laughs) It's a lot to get into. I always say there's a lot to get into, and I always say there is. Like, uh, I always say that, but there is. No, there really is. Not just on the wrestling part of it, but as far as this podcast goes, I was talking to my best friend who is also a part of my other podcast that I do, and I told him I was thinking, and I was like, I think... I may have to bury Royal Club. And he asked me why. And I said, because I can't always deliver it consistently at this moment. I want to deliver it on a weekly basis. But I was like, I don't know if I can do it. Then I was thinking, well, maybe if I do it monthly, like right before the pay-per-view hits, let me drop something. Let me do an episode. Talk about the month that happened. Which is what I'm probably going to end up doing is is doing a monthly installment of Royal Club instead of a weekly installment. And just talk about the things that happen within the month. So at first, that's what I was thinking. And then this week, I don't know what it was. This week was filled with surprises and epic promos. But none of them came from the main roster. The best thing that's going on in the WWE right now on the main roster, surprisingly enough, is Bray Wyatt. It's not AJ versus Seth. It's not the Money in the Bank match matches, both men and women's. It's not Roman. It's not Shane versus Miz. It's Bray fucking Wyatt. Who, don't get me wrong, I love Bray. When I first seen Bray's new character, my immediate reaction was, what the f- what am I look? What is this? I'm sitting back watching this and asking myself, what am I watching? What did they do to Bray? Bray is supposed to be the eater of world. Bray is supposed to be this, this psycho, like not psychopath, but this like sick, twisted and then it clicked. That's what they're doing. And I love it. As long as they don't fuck this character up. <laughs> and knowing the WWE, they will fuck this character up. Because if you look at it, if you pay real close attention to the promos that he's cutting, the things that he is saying, he is very much saying and you can tell that there's a inner battle like the monster is there and it's just sleeping (laughs) and it's just chilling without a care in the world but every time that Bray Bray's kind of this happy-go-lucky person but it's you can tell the way they're doing this story (laughs) that is going to be epic his character to me in all honesty is the character that doesn't even need a title. See, I'm getting back to that position in being a wrestling fan where not everybody that gets the push 
needs a title. Bray doesn't need a title. He needs to be chasing a title, yes, but he doesn't need the title. This this persona that he has right now is perfect as long as they keep it right. As long as they keep it right. But Bray's promo promos isn't what brought me back into like wanting to discuss things. It wasn't. I'm sitting back one day. I'm sitting back. It was Monday and I'm on Facebook and I'm a part of a few wrestling groups on Facebook. And I come across this Facebook and I made this post and it's like the greatest promo I've seen in years. That's the caption that I seen. And I said, what? Like, no. And then I watched the video, but I didn't watch it with volume. I just seen the image of the person appearing from the dark and he starts talking. So I'm like, oh, oh, what is he talking about? Because I know that they have a match coming up, double or nothing. The battle of the brothers, the battle of the brothers that we wanted to see at WrestleMania, WWE. You had this match in your back pocket. And what did you do? Nothing. You fumbled. You dropped the ball. But don't worry, because AEW picked it up. Now, I started seeing a little snippets of Dustin Goldust cutting these promos, burying, not burying, but putting Goldust, the character, to bed putting the the face paint even though a lot of people was kind of confused with it because it was like a, a mannequin head it was like a mask that he was putting in but everybody's like he didn't wear a mask it was symbolic that's what it was it was symbolic and he puts he puts it away and then we get this i love my brother i have always loved my brother when you're a little kid and you're going to the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, and here he comes, tall, blonde, every woman in the place going absolutely nuts for him, I'd say at one point he was my hero. You know, there's this regular jilted and lazy trope commentators in wrestling will use. You'll hear them say, the prodigal son. And I have to wonder, I'm curious, who out there listening actually understands the morals and the implications in Luke 15, 11, in that parable. There's two brothers. One does everything right. One works very hard, tries to keep his family whole. The other goes abroad, whores about, and makes every conceivable wrong choice you could possibly make. But it's the first brother who is equally in the wrong because he has an expectancy from the father for all his good deeds, and none of it matter. The father loved them the same. I've sat on enough couches telling my story to know which brother I am. I'm good with it. And this notion of brother versus brother, of, of natural versus nightmare, it's all very marketable, it's all very romantic, albeit not very accurate. What's accurate? is that this match is generation versus generation. I am not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. 
My entire lot, my whole class of peers has been compared to these gilded late 90s through the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure, you paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some bra and panty spectacular can match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, as electric as it was, rhyming and raising, was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? <laughs> Listen, I am the least Rhodes of the Rhodes. But they gave me a pair of boots. I've got the basics. When you do something to death, when you ride something to death, that's literally what happens. When that animal can't go anymore and it falls out on the trail and you can feel the tension in its eyes and its fluttered breaths of panic and it knows it's going to die and it wants to die. You don't just leave it because you love it. You pull from the hip. You roll your fingers on the steel of the chamber. You pull the hammer back. You do not anticipate the recoil and you blow it away. Like I said, I love my brother. All I can say is thank you, Cody. That promo right there arguably is the best promo I've heard in a very long time because everything he said was factual. And this is coming from somebody that has witnessed in its entirety the Attitude Era. The era that I grew up, the era that was my golden age. It was my golden era. Okay. Because we had the golden era, which was the late, the early 80s, like middle, late 80s, early 90s. That was like the, uh, I will consider that the golden era. Then it shifted into the attitude era okay then we had the ruthless aggression era and now we have the PC era that's what I called it it's the PC era but the talent is superior to that in the in-ring talent is far superior than the talent that was during the attitude era. The difference is the stories were a little bit better as far as, and I'm only speaking on WWE. I'm not speaking on like AEW hasn't done anything yet. They are still a work in progress 
Double or Nothing will be their first like event. But TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, all the New Japan storylines were good. They're good. But when you look at the when, when you look at the pinnacle, when you look at the the elite with wrestling, WWE is a global entity, which is why I think that they got to that like why they've kind of rested rested on their morals like they rested on how they handle these things now Jim Ross told Cody and Jim Ross said it on the busted open radio show he said that he told Cody it will be nuts for you to try to compete with Vince and the WWE because Vince knows everybody. Vince has the connections to everybody. So when you have the power and you have the connections to everybody, when up and coming company, AEW, you can't go in there and automatically say, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for the WWE. Now, that was Monday when Cody dropped this promo. Okay. Cody dropped this promo on Monday. I think it was the next day. Maybe. Yeah. I think it was Tuesday because me and my boy, shout out to my man, Kev. We were having a conversation about this because I showed this to him and I said, yo, like, <laughs> this is fucking great. And he was like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're ready. And then he brought up Dean Ambrose. And I said, nah, nah, Dean needs to take time off. Dean needs to just sit back and relax he hasn't had that break like he got injured and this is from even reports and even podcasters like i listen to and as i've always i've always said this one of the biggest podcasts i listen to in regards to wrestling is the don tony and kevin castle show and don tony and kevin castle basically was addressing this and we're saying like how they felt like no Dean's not about to do this. Dean's about Dean needs to take this time because when Dean was injured and he was rehabbing, he didn't really have that time to relax. Take this time. It's a he it was he was the workhorse for the WWE for almost a year or so. But then he drops a promo, a vignette, shall you we say. And Dean Ambrose is dead. Dean Ambrose, the character, is dead. Now, what's replacing Dean? John Moxley. I might have said the last name wrong, but it was his former character when he was on indie scene. He's back and he's on AEW. But the one thing that surprises me the most about all of this is 
Seth Rollins retweeted this. Various WWE stars and WWE of like brass, like these are the brass people of WWE. They're retweeting this. They're excited for this. They're happy for Dean. And I'm sitting back watching this like, wow, like this is okay. Like is WWE embracing this? Because think about this. Hall of Fame, DX gets inducted, Billy Gunn's there. They take the, you know, they do a little dig at AEW and this, that, and the third, but they know that this company is here. Jim Ross, his contract expired with WWE, and now he signed AEW. Dustin, Goldust, he's there. So it's not a bad, like, I don't think that WWE looks at it as this is a bad thing. Hell, they might be like, hell, we might just work with y'all. We never know. But that promo that Cody cut was so personal, but real. It felt, it felt real. Like, he basically is saying, like, this is the match that everybody wants to see. But it's not because it's me versus Dustin. Not because it's me versus my brother. It's two different generations of wrestling fighting it's the attitude era versus this era who's gonna win now i want to see this they sold me on this that promo sold me the promo that dustin cut the all the the, the vignettes and everything that they've been doing to lead up to this match hands down arguably they they're putting they're investing a lot into a double or nothing Okay, we haven't even touched the surface. I haven't even seen anything for Alpha versus Omega 2. I haven't seen nothing for that. And that the first go around was epic. I can only imagine what this one's going to do. But as I said, this was a great week for promos because, I mean, we had that promo and then we had we had this one right here. This one just was hilarious. Now, if we're going to do this right, we need some music. right there was fucking hilarious i pray every time that i see velveteen dream he never gets called up and even if he wants to get called up he doesn't get he doesn't doesn't decide to come up okay because he's too good for the main roster i never thought i would ever say that but a person is too good for the main roster because as we've seen 
the main roster, you get up to the main roster and then you're just left out there. You're ruined. Look at all the people that have been called up that's been ruined. Sasha Banks, ruined. Bailey, ruined. Finn, you already know how I feel about Finn. I, I'm not going to go further into that. Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre is so-so. We'll see what happens at Money in the Bank. But Lacey Evans is doing good. Sorry about that. She is, I like the character. I like what they're doing with her. Because we all knew that eventually this role of her walking out, doing all that, it was going to be ending real quick. And I love the mantra that they're doing with the man versus the woman. Like, I love that because the way they're doing and maneuvering this story is perfect. I don't think that Becky's going to keep both her titles. I'm being honest with you. I will be surprised if she kept both her titles. But this also goes to show you the void that they're trying to fill. And my boy, if Jeff's listening to this, he's not going to be happy with what I'm going to say. They miss Ronda Rousey. They really do. When Ronda left, there is a big ass void that's there now. And reports is that she might be done for good we all know that she still is under contract but i you know she's in the you know talking about pregnancy she wants to have a baby she wants to start a family we don't know how this is going to play out we don't now as i said earlier there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world like wrestling has just not been entertaining for me it hasn't been I don't like, like I said, I don't like the the shakeup that they've done. I don't like how Raw has been. SmackDown is good, is you know, and I go where Finn goes. Like Finn's my guy, so I'll I watch Raw, but Raw just doesn't feel the same anymore. You know, they lost when Roman went to SmackDown. They took a mean hit, a mean hit when they lost Finn. They took a massive hit, you know. I believe Braun's on SmackDown. I believe Braun is on SmackDown. I could be wrong, but that tells you how much I pay attention. But that's the thing. Like, it's so, like, SmackDown, I mean, the the brand, the shows right now is just so ass. Like, I don't like what they're doing with AJ versus Seth. That's not a Money in the Bank match. I understand why they made this match because it's a marquee match everybody wants to see but you should build into that match you should build into that and then it appears maybe aj's turning heel like that's that that's what i take that's the opinion that's the views that i'm getting is aj's turning heel it looks like you know then we have and i knew that this was gonna happen because you can just tell the writing was on the wall we all seen it. It's not hard to tell. Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston. I knew that was going to happen the very moment KO was like, I want to be the honorary member of New Day since Big E is out. Speedy recovery for Big E too as well. But nah, that, that, that just came out and it was just, I was just like, I knew that this is going to happen. Like I'm sitting back watching it like, yep, any day now. I thought it was going to be that day. 
because the way he just did it, it's a, it would it would have been perfect for him to turn that day. But they waited a week. He turned. Okay. <laughs> now we have Kofi versus KO. And KO's with the notion of, yo, you don't deserve this title. You don't deserve. The fairy tale is over. I like this. I like it because now, okay, if we get to see how long this actually lasts. Is this going to last for a long time or is it is this title run going to be a one and done thing or is Kofi actually going to have a significant run with this title? We have to just wait and see. Before I wrap this up, I want to talk about the up and coming June Saudi Arabia event that's taking place because as of right now, we all know this is the money grab show. They bring out all the old school people because the people in Saudi Arabia want these people. Undertaker is confirmed to be at this event. And so is Goldberg. Now, Undertaker's there. I know Undertaker and Elias is building up for a fight at Saudi Arabia. I know that they kind of teased that when Undertaker came back the night after WrestleMania. Goldberg, I don't know. That one, I'm gonna be interested to see how how and what is gonna happen with that. And honestly, last year, I'm I'm this is not a political podcast, but last year after the reporter got murdered, I think it was Khashoggi, he got murdered. A lot of WWE fans was kind of in an outroar and uh, upset about it. I kind of wasn't going to watch Crown Jewel because of the lineup and the matches and everything that happened. The match, like the card wise, I wasn't really up for it, but I watched it. I don't know if I'm watching this one. There was a report that came out. They did some horrible things over there, like killed dozens of teenagers and kids and things like that. I don't think I'm going to invest in watching whatever name of this Saudi Arabia pay-per-view or or special it's not a pay-per-view but whatever this WWE special they are going to have at Saudi Arabia so uh, more than than likely I'm not going to so if you want to get insight or my opinion on the card I'll give you my opinion on the lineup but I'm not going to watch it so don't expect to see or get a Royal Club Saudi Arabia recap this is not going to happen now I want to talk about the latest that I've been hearing about Leo Rush now the man of the hour I've been on record and saying that I the character I wasn't a fan of I, it was it was just uh, it, I wasn't a fan of the character because the character made me want to punch him in the face, which is a good thing for the character because that's what heels are supposed to do. Heels are supposed to make you want to punch them in the face. But apparently um, other people backstage want to punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, apparently there was a lot of backstage heat with Leo Rush where it mixed news about him things that he was trying to get his wife around and 
a whole bunch of stories, right? Then I came across this clip, this soundbite from, once again, Busted Open Radio. Mark Henry was on there. Now, Mark Henry has retired. He is now like the enforcer of the backstage locker room, kind of like the elder statesman of the locker room. Um, if you are any, if you're familiar with anything with wrestling and the backstage and how everything goes, there's always the old school vets that are like the elder statesmen. They are the ones that run the that run the the yard, and no pun intended to Roman and Undertaker. But those are the ones that are the generals of the of the locker room. Okay, they're the OGs of the locker room. These are the ones that all right, listen. You got to come check with us And Vince appointed him to be this enforcer Mark Henry to be this enforcer Now I want y'all to listen to what Mark Henry had to say And I'm going to give my opinion of it afterwards Which is pay close attention to everything that he is saying And what he is saying about the incidents That happened with one Leo Rush the reason that I'm angry is because I pulled him aside and told him, hey, man, what, what I'm, I'm hearing stuff in the locker room. What's up? No, there's nothing wrong. It was a blatant lie to my face. I was trying to help him. I was trying to let him know that if you have a question to ask, now is the time because you're very likely not going to run into anyone that knows the system like I know the system. And he didn't do that. He lied to my face. And if you're walking around and you cannot pay for a rental car, you can't pay for a hotel with the money that you make every week, then you need to change the way you're spending. You can't you can't blame that on the office. If you spent everything that you you know before you got it, that's your problem. But what Leo is doing is nothing different than I did. He's getting off very easily. Because in my day, they would have said, hey, uh, Leo, Bobby should never drive. You should take his bags to the car. When he comes back from his match, you should have a bottle of water there for him when he walks through the curtain. Yokozuna was my responsibility. But I promise you, after these comments, either he's going to have to go somewhere or the company is going to like say, good luck to you and your future endeavors. This is not a racial issue. It's an ego issue. Nobody is exempt from uh, being respectful to the business and paying homage to the guys that are drawing money. We all have done it. Steve Austin did it. The Rock did it. You better than The Rock? Get the hell out of here. This is how it works, guys. You respect the business. You pay homage to the business. I remember Jericho. There was nothing bigger than when Jericho came to the WWE from WCW. And I remember walking back from my match, and his match was after mine, and he had three bottles of water, one for him, one for the guy that he wrestled, and one for the referee. This is Chris Jericho. You better than Chris Jericho? The hell out of here with that. So, a lot to take in with that state, with those statements. Listen, it appears, and I'm going just off of what Mark Henry said, it appears that Leo is in some type of issue financially. Now, I'm I'm not about to dive into how other people should spend their money, how they should do what they should do with their money. I'm not going to touch on that because that's not my place. But I know that whatever he was doing, Finn Balor 
Finn, my guy, had said something to him about it. I think it was something to the degree of with his wife, like trying to bring his wife backstage and this and the third. And Finn might have said something to him like Vince is not going to like that. Leo's kind of getting out of pocket with a lot of things. And I just want Leo to like understand, like you lied to Mark Henry, apparently, allegedly. Mark Henry is probably one of those guys that probably would try their best to help you out, navigate you through whatever it is that you're going through, because he said it. I've been there before. I can help you get through, navigate through all this. We just don't have to wait and see. We haven't really heard or seen nothing from Leo in some time. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this, how the, the, the rest of the story is still being developed, you know, and I don't mean story as in this is a part of the wrestling story. No, this is like Leo Rush can possibly be getting terminated, as Mark Henry said, you know, wish you all in your future endeavors but listen i said it earlier i'm gonna say it again this is going to be now a monthly installment okay i will release content every month once a month of what happened in that month and then if, and then we'll discuss the pay-per-view. I'll get the recap on the pay-per-view. And I think that's another thing. Another reason why I want to do this because I want to break down like my favorite moments of the month. That was I don't want to just talk about like every week. I just go over like this. No, I want to talk about the biggest moments that was in this month, in the months. So fresh new start. It's May, the beginning of May. So you're going to get another one at the end of May because I'm going to address everything that happened in May. And I, you know, double or nothing is this month. So, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting. This is going to be a very interesting month because we're going to have money in the bank to talk about. We're going to have AEW to talk about, you know, it, it, it and whatever else lies in there. So um, once again, I want to thank, and I really mean this, I want to thank all those that listen for this it is going to be in a different format. Like I said, every month now you're going to get something just because I have other ventures that I do as well, not just with this podcast, but I do other podcasts as well. Um, I sound engineer for a couple. I do a lot of things. I have a lot of hats. Okay. On top of being a full-time student, having a job and being a full-time father. <laughs> so, it, it It's taken a lot, but I promise you, I promise you, every month you're going to hear from me. You're going to hear from the franchise. I'm going to be dropping the Royal Club episode. I hope you all enjoyed this one. I will catch y'all at the end of the month to recap all that has happened in the month of May in the world of wrestling. Until then, take care enjoy you know what just because that promo was so goddamn good play it one more time i love my brother i have always loved my brother when you're a little kid and you're going to the omni in atlanta georgia and here he comes tall blonde every woman in the place going absolutely nuts for him i'd say at one point he was my hero you know, there's this regular jilted and lazy trope commentators in wrestling will use. You'll hear them say, the prodigal son 
And I have to wonder, I'm curious, who out there listening actually understands the morals and the implications in Luke 15, 11 in that parable? There's two brothers. One does everything right. One works very hard. Tries to keep his family whole. The other goes abroad, whores about, and makes every conceivable wrong choice you could possibly make. But it's the first brother who is equally in the wrong because he has an expectancy from the father for all his good deeds, and none of it matter. The father loved them the same. I've sat on enough couches telling my story to know which brother I am. I'm good with it. And this notion of brother versus brother, of of natural versus nightmare, it's all very marketable, it's all very romantic, albeit not very accurate. What's accurate is that this match is generation versus generation. I am not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. My entire lot, my whole class of peers has been compared to these gilded late 90s through the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure, you paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some bra and panty spectacular can match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, as electric as it was, rhyming and raising, Was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? (laughs) Listen, I am the least Rhodes of the Rhodes. But they gave me a pair of boots. I've got the basics. When you do something to death, when you ride something to death, that's literally what happens. When that animal can't go anymore and it falls out on the trail and you can feel the tension in its eyes and its fluttered breaths of panic and it knows it's going to die and it wants to die. You don't just leave it because you love it. You pull from the hip You roll your fingers on the steel of the chamber. You pull the hammer back. You do not anticipate the recoil and you blow it away. Like I said, I love my brother.